I know we're dealing uh, with the uh, shorts here, but uh, on a coolish day in downtown St. Catharines, but I refuse to relent. I refuse to give up. I have faith that summer is here, even though it's not officially summer. Uh, I, I, have, uh, I have vowed to act like it's summer. Uh, welcome, by the way, to season three, episode 23. We are back in the saddle here at Fiddler's Poor House, 149 St. Paul Street, St. Catharines. We are fueled by Gale's Gas Bars, as per usual. We are uh, powered by We Stream, and Kevin Jack, our executive producer, will join us shortly. And uh, also powered by Performance Heating and Air. Carlo and the gang, thanks for still being here. Mark Shirk uh, and the gang also at Verge Insurance here in St. Catharines as well, serving Niagara since their inception many, many years ago. Uh, so welcome to the show. We have pretty much a wide open show coming up for you today. As uh, uh, we just thought, coming off last week's election show that we did, on Thursday night. We're just sort of getting back into the swing of a, a normal kind of production here on Niagara 411 Live, and we thought we'd give you plenty of opportunity. There might be a lot of things for you to say uh, or have a comment on with regard to uh, the election. Uh, there are many other local things going on. There's a 4% accommodation tax going on in uh, overnight accommodations for St. Catharines. The Niagara-on-the-Lake uh, noise bylaw has been updated. Yay! Uh, also, they've got their own tax situation going on there. Uh, just a whole bunch of things that have been a cumulative effect uh, of news bites. Uh, over the past week, actually over the past two weeks, because last week we did definitely dedicate the show to uh, to a live version of the uh, of the election coverage, which we were really pleased with. And uh, well, we'll chat about that uh, and more. Just don't forget, you can join the show when we get down there. Click on the uh, click on the link in the bottom of the page and uh, come on and chat with us about anything you want. All right, see you in 30 seconds. I almost, uh, I almost completely misplaced the earpiece here, which is almost impossible to do, since it's actually connected to me. <laughs> it is, it is virtually impossible to lose it when it's actually pinned to your person. I don't. But uh, hey, if I'm going to screw something up, I do it properly. Uh, again. Uh, welcome back to Fiddler's Poor House. Uh, we gave the uh, poor staff here at the Poor House um, a break last week by not being here, but it sure is nice to be back, Kevin. Doesn't it feel a little bit like coming home? Yeah, it is nice to be back. And I, I, We didn't coordinate this, but you and I both wore the uh, Tory blue today. I guess it's a blue wave across Ontario. Save Niagara. You know what? It's just that uh, I have a lot of blue, I have a lot of blue clothing. And I have this nice Beau Chapeau uh, blue hat. Uh, as well, which is always uh, always nice for coordination. And uh, Kevin Jack, ladies and gentlemen, is the other person you see on your screen. He is the co-founder, along with Brandon Scram of WeStream, Canada's premier, and I do mean that, streaming company. And of course, the uh, the brain uh, trust behind 
this program. How's your week been, Kev? Uh, we we kind of took a strange break because we did our election live coverage live show last week. Um, what's what's going on with you? You okay? Yeah, feeling a little better. Uh, people either know me or following the show. I had arthroscopic knee surgery about four weeks ago now. Yeah. Just in the last week, I'm starting to feel a little more normal. Can cut the lawn again. Started working on the deck once again. Assembling things in the backyard. Starting to feel normal for the first time in four months. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's really liberating. And I'll tell you, if my wife is watching, now's a really good time to get me to do stuff because I'm just happy to do anything. <laughs> yeah, add to the honey-do list. Honey-do this, honey-do that. Uh, just, just, yeah, just. How about uh, how about you, Lee? Um, it's been it's been fine. Um, we did have a little bit of a mishap in our family, and not to put too. I mean, I, I don't want to out her or anything. She didn't do anything wrong, but my uh, my lovely wife uh, decided in the middle of the night. To take a stroll too close to the to the uh, flight of stairs that goes from our upstairs to our next level and uh, broke a heel. Oh, ouch! That is not easy to do. It takes a lot of impact to break a heel, but nevertheless, that's what she did. Uh, it was just a few days ago, um, and uh, has some other, I guess, internal bruising or whatever. Anyway, she's in. Uh, she's in a fair bit of pain, and uh, you know, uh, I had to uh, I had to make sure I did double duty before I left the house today because I make, I make sure she's got the watch, she's got the papers, she's got the crossword puzzles, she got like because it's hard for her to get around. So anyway, my thoughts and uh, and love go out to her today. It's uh, it's not fun. Because she likes to be active. She hates being bored. You know, I really feel as much as uh, my knee has been kind of buggered up for yeah. four months, um, anybody with like a walking boot or if you've broken your heel mm. or your foot, that's just debilitating. It I is. really feel for it. It's difficult to get around. Crutching starts to uh, hurt under your armpits after a while. It's, uh, you know, I mean, even getting to the kitchen yeah. and back and you want to get a drink. Well, how do you get a drink from A to B? It's all it's Yeah, all really so we had, a, we, had a nice little, uh, we had a nice little stay in... Uh, the St. Catherine's location of Niagara Health Services over on 4th Avenue. I think we got there about 11, as in the p.m., and we left at about 6.30 in the a.m. Well, I left, okay. and then I had to come back. But you know what? In, uh, and, and the reason I kind of went here is because one of the big issues, of course, in the past election campaign was health care. On a lot of different levels, the COVID thing, but just regular health care, if you want to call it regular. And I have to say, yes, wait times are, are long, but once you're in the system, there is no question that the health care that we receive here, or that we received for sure, in the St. Catharines Hospital was second to none. All the people are just absolutely terrific. They are in good humor. They're not. They're not miserable. They're not overworked. Or they're probably overworked, but they're not making it look like they're overworked. They're very, very attentive, and I, I just have to. I can't say enough about the actual people that are involved with healthcare in Niagara. Uh, you're all. You're all the best. Yeah. All I the best. 
Couldn't agree more, Lee. Um, I know we want to talk uh, election results, what happened here in Niagara, but off the top of the show, I mean, we let everybody know that it's wide open. If anyone wants to come on the show, just click that Zoom link and you'll come into the green room. And Gail has done so. So uh, let's let's kick it off and uh, welcome welcome Gail onto the program. That's the Zoom link. Gail, welcome back to the show. We've talked with you before. Yes, and I'm so excited to be back. It's I've got some great news. Do you? And uh, yes, I do. Okay. And I, uh, I'm, I have I'm struggling a little bit with my uh, my hearing, so. Yeah, I'll, I'll come around and, and hook you up for that. But uh, yeah, why don't you tell us your good news? Yeah, tell and us I'll, what's going on, and I'll I'll figure out Lee. Well, as you said, Lee, it is summer. Whether we want to just jumpstart it or not. But this summer and every summer, except for the two years of COVID, I have coordinated international students coming to the region and to Ontario. So for since tw- and tw- 2000, since the year 2000, uh, I've been helping students from France and Spain come to Ontario and live with Canadian families to share their culture the Canadian culture and the French culture with each other. And so usually we have about a Yeah, can I interrupt you for just a yeah. second? I'm gonna yeah. I, I'm gonna just do a little thinking on my feet here. Kevin, can uh, maybe we do have it now. Awesome. I'm sorry. I interrupted you for nothing. You may continue. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> go ahead. No go ahead. Go ahead, Kato. <laughs> Usually we have 150 to 200 kids from France and Spain that come to Ontario to learn English and become part of a Canadian family and uh, for three or four weeks. And uh, it's an exciting program. And this year, finally, we've got students coming back. I have 50 students from France coming in in July. And so I need host families. Okay. Um, who will be exciting to uh, excited to share their Canadian culture and our lifestyle with a student from France. All right. All the now, what are, have what, this what, year are, what are the ages of these students again? Thirteen to seventeen. Okay. So they come and they stay exclusively with a family. They do not go out to classes. Okay. So. The host family gets a package of 10 ESL, English as a Second Language, uh, lessons. It's a little booklet that uh, they can work through with the students or just use as an outline of ideas for things to talk about. And uh, and so the, the family, if they're going camping or cottaging or whatever, they can take the student with them. They don't have to drive the student to and from classes. They can just have their normal... Uh, family time right. and share it with a student from France. I remember years ago, and it's uh, probably the name of the program has completely changed, but in my day, um, it was, I think, referred to as the Student Exchange Program. And it was like one one child from this family would be exchanged with a child from another. It's like they, they stayed with each other's families. Do you remember right. that? Uh, that's a reciprocal program. Right, okay. Ours is not a reciprocal program. Right. However, um, oh, I know every family that I've ever worked with that has hosted students have been invited to come and visit their families uh, of their students Oh, in I think France. it's a wonderful thing. 
Oh, it's fabulous, especially since we've been shut down for so long. Yeah. And and being able to have our children exposed to a, a world class experience. What is it like in another country? What's it, what are their schools like? What are their you know their culture is very mm-hmm. different, and yet the same. I mean, just, they're all kids. Yeah, just. Um, I find it interesting when I've talked to families that have done something like this, again, not just like your program, but um, just watching the day-to-day habits of, of people from other cultures is educational because they'll often do a lot of things the same, but then other things not so much. It's just, it's amazing to watch. Something that strikes me every year when the students come is one of the things that we all have in our homes most of us that aren't allergic to peanut butter is peanut butter peanut butter is a is a normal subsistence item right, right? they don't have it in france they it's not in they the don't do peanut stores. butter in france it's too expensive well, i'm they, not going there they are shocked <laughs> to see that we have peanut butter <laughs> so you're looking you're looking for 50 host families. Families, yeah. Okay, and is there some sort of questionnaire they have to fill out or is there some sort there, of qualifications they have to meet? There is a questionnaire and I have it on, uh, I can put drop the link in the co- comments um, because okay. it's just a seven minute questionnaire on how many people in your home, whether you have pets or not, because I try to match the student profiles with the family profiles. Mm-hmm. So when I know what activities the families like to do, um, I try to match them up with the students. So activities and interests and, you know, allergies. So of course we have gluten-free families. We have, um, we have Jewish families. We have Jewish students. We have Muslim students that come right. in. So we really need families of all walks of life. Okay. And uh, and and the most important thing, though, because this is a, a homeschooling program, where the family teaches the student the English, there ha- they can't both be out working. They can work from home, <laughs> right. right? They yeah. can't leave the kids alone. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't want so, latchkey kids from exactly. France. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> International latchkey. You know what? Down. That makes that makes a per- like. You wouldn't want some, want to bring one of these students over, for example, and put them uh, to work being a babysitter for you, your no, daycare. exactly. However, <laughs> if you have a home-based business or your own store or your own restaurant or whatever your business is, right. we have lots of families that have their own businesses and they take the kids with them. Take a, so take a Frenchman have- to work day. Yeah, and they get to interact with the public. They get to learn how to introduce themselves in English, and it really sparks their uh, their language um, comfort level because that's what it's primarily about is the conversational English. Yeah, that's very different from a classroom style of English. Well, that would be that would be interesting, especially if you're in kind of a a, a retail uh, environment. Or a place where there's a lot of interaction, even if it's a, even if it's a restaurant or or some place like that where you're uh, interacting with different people all the time. We had a, a students come and stay with a family that uh, operate a pizzeria here in St. Catharines right. last year or yeah. two years ago, and 2019, and uh, and that girl learned how to make the best pizzas, 
and had an absolute joyous time. And what we have happening, and which is one of the reasons why we need more host families every year, is that the students end up coming back uh, to the other families, and then they're not available to host. Right, I see what you, I see what you mean. Yeah, they come back for vacations. Okay, exactly. Uh, yeah, Gail, you're going to post a link. Uh, I will on the screen to yes. or on, in the comments here to uh, ensure yep. that people yep. can get yep. in touch with you if they want to be a host family. And um, thanks for clicking in. It's uh, it's a great program. Glad it's happening. And uh, I hope hope you get all, hope you get all your kids situated soon. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, have, and a, have, have a great, great week. To, it's great to see you back at uh, at, at the. Oh yeah, back Fiddler's at home base house. here at Fiddlers. Oh, yeah. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right, Kittle. Thank care, you. Thank, thanks, Bye. Gail. Yeah. What an energetic woman. She she's involved in uh, so many things when it comes to students and uh, and and positive uh, student experience. I think it's she's uh, she's quite the lady. Um, Kevin, as you were talking about, oh, here's something. Your family. Now I know you and your wife both both work, so it would be it would be kind of uh, kind of awkward. But your two children are in French immersion. Uh, they're actually straight French school. Straight French school. Yeah. Okay. And and your wife, of course, is of, of French heritage. We oui, miss you. Yeah. So I th I think the Jack family would be just a, a wonderful uh, place for one of these people because I mean you can mesh these cultures. Magically, you're probably right, but I don't know if it's on our radar right now. With a pretty active uh, eight and seven year old at home, by the way, Alex turned seven there at the end of May. Hey, Alex! So happy birthday, buddy! Big happy birthday to Alex! We went down to uh, VR Wonderland at the Penn Center, the virtual reality. Oh yes, and had a great time. They do a great job there at uh, at hosting birthday parties, and everybody has a blast as they're whisked away into. Uh, Virtual reality wonderland is so uh, cool. Is really what it was. Well, so, happy birthday to Alex. Yeah, thank you very much. We also missed uh, my mother's birthday, which was on election day. So oh. it was it was nice of the entire province to grind through a, a halt. big party. Yeah, through a big party for my mom. So happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, mom. Uh, speaking of moms, Nick's mom. Hello, uh, and to uh, Nick at Niagara Four One One, our content sharing partner here, and to all of you who do contribute to Niagara Four One One. Uh, one of the things Kevin and I were talking about earlier is the fact that um, there is, of course, the homepage of Niagara 411, which is the, well, it's the homepage, the, the main post that Nick, Nick puts up there. But then there's, if you go over one, there's the community tab. Here, hold on, they all catch yeah, up here. So Yeah, put it up there. See what there? people are used to? There's Niagara 411. That's the page that we would uh, refer to as would just come up if you... If you Googled it or searched it or whatever. However, see that if you go to the top there again, you've got uh, the home site on the left-hand side and you've got a community tab. And often people will post directly to that tab and there's some information in there often that you would be interested in. So don't forget to click on that tab from time to time. For example, there's a story there that I'm sure will cause some conversation. Fairview Cemetery in Niagara Falls has informed this person, uh, Dee Dee Magda, that the trees, and aren't they beautiful trees, that are next to her grandparents' grave are going to be ripped out because they're over three feet tall. 
and all cemeteries have regulations. This is, this is not uh, exclusive to Fairview. All cemeteries do have criteria that they follow. These trees have been there since 1975. My grandmother placed them there after my grandfather passed as a memorial. He was a WW2 veteran who originated from Ukraine. And, and of course, these, this is very uh, close to the hearts of the family, and, and I understand that. Maybe they'll come to some sort of agreement or whatever, but these are the kinds of things sometimes that uh, sometimes emotionally will strike you. If you go onto the community page at Niagara 411, because some of these stories don't, don't make it uh, over necessarily to the other side, but uh, that. That's beautiful. that is a beautiful memorial to, to grandparents, uh, to, to family. And, and it's a shame. There are reasons why these cemeteries have their, have their rules and regulations. But anyway, that's, that's just something that uh, families have to, have to deal with at uh, some point in time. I'm going to rewind to the election just, just for a bit. It's, it's not like this is the only place you've heard about the election. You're probably tried to hear, tired of hearing about it. However, what I wanted to do is I wanted to thank those that, uh, that tuned in. I think we, I think we had four or 5,000 viewers for a live stream last Tuesday, which is uh, a very nice number of, of viewers to have. And, of course, that was our map. That was, that was our constituency map uh, of, uh, of representative parties. And uh, it didn't change. That's the same one that we had in uh, ninth, uh, in eighteen. In twenty eighteen, yeah. So of course Niagara West uh, was Sam Oosterhoff, number one. Uh, Niagara Central is Jeff Birch, NDP. That's number two. Around in number three, where Wayne Gates goes into term number three. In Niagara Falls. Actually, I think it's term number four. Is it four now? Yeah, we thought it was three. I on thought the election, it was three. Right? Is it four now? That's what I read. Well, and there was a lot of discussion after the fact that, uh, considering the fact that Andrea Horvath stepped down as leader of the party that night, she has, in her words, passed the torch. Um, there is discussion. There have been questions asked of both Birch and Gates as to whether they would consider a bid for the leadership of the NDP. And both of them took the high road and said, that's eh, too early, too early to tell. Uh, but I don't think either one of them would totally say no. Um, they'd have a lot of consideration to do and find out what kind of support they had in the party. But the next leader of the NDP for the province of Ontario could very well come from Niagara. Yeah, I, I, I think Wayne fits the bill, so to speak. You know, you're given, uh, given his background as a, as a union rep, for uh, for General Motors workers, he has the here. DNA for it. That's for sure. And I mean, he's got a look, right? It's funny. My 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 daughter, who's all of eight years old, driving through Niagara uh, ahead of the election, asked, "Who's the guy with the giant mustache?" <laughs> and would literally complain to us that his mustache is too big. Daddy, his mustache is the way that an eight-year-old would, right? That's sure. Just, that's just too big. And yeah. explaining that he's actually well known for it. He's done a good job what? over the years of standing up in Queens Park and. You know, pounding oh, his he's, fist. He's thumped the Bible. At, yeah. No, but, but, I mean, look what nice hair did for Justin Trudeau. Wayne has nice hair. And look what no hair did for Stephen Del Duca. There you go. Um, and, uh, you know, not to throw Jeff under the bus. I mean, Birch is also a 
this is his second term that he got elected for. Doesn't have the pedigree or the length of uh, experience that Wayne Gates does, but... He also doesn't have the uh, dynamicism. Is that a word? Dynamism? Sure. He's not okay. as uh, dynamic a personality as Wayne. Okay. That's what I would say. Okay. And, and that's that's no offense to Jeff. Not everybody is, is cut from the same cloth, but I think... Um, you know, at the NDP, they seem... Um, they seem pretty happy to be the bridesmaid and never the bride, and and to have somebody yeah. that can stand up and yell yeah. and scream. Is I know they've they they've they've always they've always been exceedingly uh, active. I don't I, w- I was going to say effective, but I don't know how effective it's been. They've they've been exceedingly if active in the role of opposition, but being an opposition is a very easy thing to do because all you have to do is do thumbs down on everything. Uh, and and you've done your job. Uh, don't forget number four, Jenny Stevens, reelected for her second term uh, in office as an MPP for the St. Catharines riding in the province of Ontario. Where, here's the smooth segue, the voter turnout sucked. Where was everybody? Uh, I was talking about this when we did our show on Thursday night on election night, and it seemed to me, and I didn't have all the stats at my fingertips, but as it turned out, I was right in the fact that it seemed like a really, really low turnout when we were doing the show. And next day, all the headlines, uh, once all of the statisticians did their calculations, it turned out to be the lowest voter turnout in Ontario provincial election history, with approximately 43% of eligible voters in the province of Ontario turning out to vote. And of that 43%, 40% voted for the PCs. And that fueled the Ford machine to take office for another four years with an even larger majority. It's one thing for the party in power to return to government, but to increase their majority is, Kevin, not normal. It's, it's not normally accepted results because they've had four years to screw up something and they tend to lose a little bit of support. So even if they were to come back with a majority government, often, it, uh, often it's fewer seats, but not in this case. Like they gained three or four seats over what they had the last time. The Liberals got absolutely decimated. They're not even an official party with eight seats. We've got uh, one independent and uh, NDP, I think, with 31. I think that was the number. So, I mean, breaking it down to basically, you have a premier that was on the tip of everybody's tongue and on TV with eyes glued every day for about a year and a half or two years. And, and on every TV yeah. and on every radio and on every, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. Um, COVID was probably the best thing that ever happened to Doug Ford's political campaign and career. COVID wasn't good for a lot of businesses, but it was sure good for the ruling party in Ontario. It wouldn't surprise me, Lee, if you see that mirrored, I don't want to say across Canada, across North America, but where you have a lot of the leaders that were holding these daily press conferences during COVID re-elected. And why is it you can't buy that publicity? On the flip side of it, I mean, the Liberals just ran, I don't know if it's historically the worst campaign, but you got Del Duca, who just 
kind of he's looks. not he's not charismatic as a politician I mean, and I know that shouldn't count. But it matters. It does. It does matter, but he's not a very charismatic personality. It, it, it doesn't matter when it comes to doing the job, but it matters when it comes to getting votes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Andrea, and I think the reason that Andrea Horvath has been around as long as she has as a leader is because she does have that charisma. She is, uh, she is a good speaker. She is a, a forceful personality. Uh, in the party, and she's a nice person. People like Andrea, and, and and they think of Doug Ford, of course, as grassroots, Mister, like they did his brother Rob uh, when he was mayor of Toronto. They think of these people as Mister um, Everyday. You know, he's just he's just a guy. Uh, he's a guy that wears a suit, but he's just a guy, uh, just like you're a guy. That's not true because their family comes from a fair bit of uh, success in business and all the rest of it. But that's how they come across. They come across as uh, Doug Everyman uh, Ford, as Rob did. And, um, and, and the others just didn't quite, quite make, the, make the cut on that. I do believe that the, the race for, or the competition for, whatever you want to call it, for leadership of these two parties is going to be really, really interesting. And make no mistake about it, I sometimes think that parties don't think long and hard enough about the profile of the person they want as, they, as their leader. Um, I think sometimes, Kevin, they work the other way, they work the wrong way around. They, they look at the people they've got and they say, like, well, who's, who's the smartest, who has the most experience, uh, who might be able to raise the most money because he has the most uh, connected friends or um, whatever, and how many, of the, how many of the currently elected MPPs support this person? It's, I think it's totally the wrong way to go about it. I think you, you, you bring like a police sketch artist up in front of your caucus and you draw the picture of the person, the man, the woman, the whoever it is, and you build a profile of that's the perfect NDP leader right there. That's the, per that's the liberal. Th this is your, your textbook liberal. This person. Man, female, whatever. And then you go looking around your party to find it. You work, you work backwards. I couldn't agree more, Lee. I honestly believe that the position has turned into more of a brand ambassador than anything else. All you are is the person at the top of the pyramid. You don't need to make policy. You just need to deliver policy. Yeah. And the best thing, be an incredible speaker. Be an incredible orator. Yep. And, That's it. Look good and, on camera. And, and, you've, and you've already got... You're already three quarters there. Yep. I, I had this conversation last week with uh, actually somebody that ran locally. And trying to say what went wrong, what went wrong. I said, you know what? People build themselves in a bubble and they don't understand how people vote and I think a lot of people take one look at Stephen Del Duca and go nope. They do not vote because of your resume. They don't and politicians still think that people do. But you don't. You but don't. what was on Stephen Del Duca's resume hurt him didn't help him he was tied in with Kathleen Wynne. He was a minister in her in her cabinet and, and he still is trying to scrape the tar off that brush I know somebody else that's uh, pretty, uh, pretty politically connected was talking to me about, ah, Doug Ford just went out and, and promised this and promised that, and he'll never, never deliver. I'm like, right, who cares? Don't you, don't you realize it doesn't matter? 
Like, it really doesn't matter anymore. I think we expect that of politicians. Ironically. I mean, it's such a low bar, but I, I don't care. Ironically, there were some speeches after the election where um, Doug Ford came out and said, here's what, here's what we promised. We promised this, we promised this, we promised this, and we're going to do it. Well, we'll see. The fact checkers out there will, will definitely hold their feet to the fire, and we'll see whether that happens. Um, but even he acknowledged that they made promises. And uh, now, so that's one thing. You've got the leadership person. You've got the, you got the person that people are voting for or not voting for. And again, with the Canadian system of, uh, of democracy, you either vote locally or you vote provincially. I think in this case, and I think almost always when people go into the ballot, uh, go into the voting booth, they're thinking, about the leader of the party. I really do think they're thinking of who's going to be the premier, unless you've got a personal relationship with, uh, with your person or the person in your riding has been there for so long, like a Jim Bradley or something like that. Um, but by and large, I think the leader is kind of sitting, in your, uh, sitting on your shoulder, but not always. The other elephant in the room, Kevin, is the fact that we still use an antiquated style of voting in spite of the fact that it's electronic, you still have to be on site, be it a pre-vote, be it a, an early vote, be it the day of uh, elections. You've still got to be on site. You've still got to put your body into a polling station to, to place a vote. And if voter turnout is to increase, I am 100% convinced it has to move partially at least or the availability of, a, of online. Has to, has to, has to. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and I would go a step further, Lee, and say if uh, if politicians want the general public more engaged in politics, they should use electronics to engage us. Um, yeah. Ask us, have referendums on more issues. Online, live. It's doing, so easy. Yeah, it, it's so easy to get Ontarians' poll and opinion on things en masse. I guarantee if you, if you polled uh, Canadians now, what do we think about, um, or sorry, Ontarians right now, what do you think about uh, red light cameras? There is not, yeah. I and you asked I us agree. all to vote, you'd get a you'd get a far better turnout than forty three percent that voted be, in the election. And and on top of that, you would be able. It would help you build your platform for the election. Here's what I know people want. I don't have to guess what people want. It is and, it's so and so antiquated. What would, it, what would it take? What would it take? Well, we know what it takes, and it's not all that much to sit. At a, at a television style HD quality broadcast like Kevin and I are doing right now and let's let's imagine for a second that I was one of the candidates in Niagara and I do this hour and a half show once a week professionally done looking like I'm on uh, CNN or NBC or CBS uh, you're going to tell me that that person is not going to have a leg up on the competition? Absolutely. And, this, and that's what engages the younger demographics as well. The younger demographics don't go to traditional media for the most part. They don't show up at events. They don't get on a bus to go vote uh, at a polling station uh, at, in Spadina in downtown Toronto. Uh, off the lakeshore with all that, with all that, um, that maelstrom of traffic and time and everything else, it, it's, it's a nightmare 
to get around the metropolitan areas of, uh, of this country where the decisions almost always come in, whether it's provincially or federally. Here in Niagara, different kind of deal. It's a, people are a little bit more mobile. But still, to, to, to ignore the power of professional social media is, is to continue to watch voter turnout decline. And it's going to continue to decline until they get it. But who changes voting policy? The sitting government. Remember when Trudeau, one of Trudeau's promises, when he became uh, prime minister, he was going to completely reform voting procedure and we weren't going to do this, what they call first-past-the-post system. But he won because of the first-past-the-post process. So you're going to change the rules to help somebody else? That's uh, not too likely. So um, I, I don't know. We've got, we've got this catch-22. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah, we all know that, the, uh, that, that there is a definite need for, for vote, vote, uh, voter reform. But who's going to really take the step forward to make that happen? The person that just got voted in because of the old system? That's a pretty tough call. Yeah, highly unlikely. <laughs> uh, they want to remind everybody that the show is wide open. If you've got anything to say on politics or you've just got something to say about what's happening across Niagara, maybe you've got an event coming up, the Zoom link is right there um, in the post. And just click on that and we'll get you on. And uh, already at the beginning of the show, uh, we had somebody come on and, uh, and she was up and telling us all about uh, the things that, uh, uh, that concern her in her life. Um, Lee, want to just uh, change gears here for yeah. a second. The NLP yeah. issued an update, so to speak, on the Darren Werner disappearance. I was just looking at his name on my page. Yeah, let's have a look at that. Um, well, before we get to that, can we just touch on uh, on Katrina? Sure. So uh, Katrina Blyden missing since December 31st, uh, New Year's Eve here. Body found three weeks ago up in Port Luzi, And a, um, a funeral and a service is being held Saturday morning, and WeStream has volunteered our services yeah. to uh, to live stream it. So there's a picture of Katrina, and uh, here they all kind of go through the steps. What an amazing girl! But ah. you can um, you can navigate over to the uh, George Dart Funeral Home, yeah. and you can get a link to a Saturday's uh, live streamed uh, service in memory of Katrina Blagden. Yeah, that this begins at 11 a.m. Something Kevin um, brought up after one of the shows that we did, and. I, I said, good on you, Kevin, and Brandon as well. It's a, a Brandon Scrams company as well. And um, Kevin reached out to Kelly, Trina's sister, and Trina said that, uh, oh, man, that would be just so awesome because it's one of the things that we wanted to do, but we're in over our heads. We're, like, just treading water, and we had no idea how to go about it, and you've really taken some stress off the family because of that. So um, Kevin and Weestream will be at George Dart Funeral Home this Saturday, did you say, Kevin? Yeah, Saturday morning beginning at 11. At 11. And now... Um, and if you go here, I'm on the George Dart Funeral Home mm -hmm. webpage, and right there at the bottom there's a live stream link. And if you click on that, that'll bring you over to YouTube. Yeah. And not, and not from a sensationalized point of view or anything, but we realize that you in the community followed this story and your hearts followed this story ever since early January when we realized that uh, Katrina was missing. 
And so many hundreds of people uh, have helped the search for her. So many other thousands have put best wishes and thoughts and prayers, etc., on social media following the story. And many thousands more have watched our broadcasts as we followed the Blagdens in their search for Trina ever since New Year's Eve 2021. And so you can, by all means, share in the tribute to Trina this Saturday. And all you have to do is now, now the family may request that it be streamed through other venues as well, which Kevin will accommodate. But um, that may be something private for the family. We don't know. What you can do, though, as Kevin mentioned, as a reminder, is to go to George Dart Funeral Home's Facebook page Saturday morning, and uh, the stream there will be for public consumption. Sorry, I just want to correct it. It's uh, their webpage. Their, oh, I'm sorry, their so, webpage. Right there, Did I say website? Yeah, you said I'm, Facebook page. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, their webpage. But there it is right there, and you can see. And, you know, our, our condolences, of course, too. I mean, it, it feels so sad. Life is so precious that you can, you know, you can scroll by um, all of these other services that are taking place, of course, for, for people that have been lost across Niagara. Um, here's the update from the NRP, which has um, a curious little twist into the disappearance of Darren Werner. You'll remember Darren Werner um, disappeared from Niagara-on-the-Lake quite some time ago. It was his building that burned down, his storage building that burned down, uh, and took some other businesses uh, with it and contents, etc. And after that, Darren was not to be found. He is still not to be found. And here's the update from the NRPS. The 58-year-old male in Niagara-on-the-Lake, this is update three, you'll see there. They continue to search for Darren Werner. And Darren was reported missing September 17th, 2021. That's, we're bordering on a year ago. Um, current whereabouts unknown. The investigation remains an open missing person investigation with suspicious circumstances. The Niagara Regional Police Homicide Unit has assumed control. Okay, now uh, they're not just treating this as a missing person, they're treating this as a potential homicide. So the Police Homicide Unit has assumed control of the investigation. Uh, the investigators are appealing to anyone with information regarding Darren's disappearance or whereabouts to contact detectives at the usual numbers for the Niagara Regional Police Service, but there's an extension, 19451. And Kevin, this, this is going to be a mystery that is going to one day, I know, going to show up on a Dateline program or, or a 60 Minutes show or something like that, because this is an extreme case. This is an immediate disappearance. This is a man who had a business and a family and uh, had a profile in his community. His business burns and he disappears. Okay. Now, obviously law enforcement has information that they're not imparting to us. 
law enforcement always withholds information because it's in their best interest, uh, well not their best interest, the best interest of the investigation to not make all of their information public. So they know more than we know at the moment, but judging by this post, judging by this update, they don't know that much more. It's still damned mysterious. And, but that's an update all these months later. I mean, here's the original post, September 18, 2021. Yeah. So this was, um, I don't know the timeline, but it wasn't a, a day removed. This was weeks, if not months, removed from the fire that wiped out a number of businesses. At that's that right. Location oh, it was, it was very soon afterward. It was when, it was when, pardon the pun, the dust and ashes started to settle and people were asking questions about insurances and compensation and uh, how that whole thing is going to flesh out and who owes what to whom and how are we going to do this and then Darren's gone. Uh, and I make no comment beyond that. But you can probably write a few different scripts that could be made into a movie surrounding this story and still none of them might be accurate. Gail's Gaspars, uh, thank you for fueling this program. They are our lead and title sponsor, as always, here on Niagara 411 Live. This is the 23rd episode of Season 3 that they've been with us, and they were with us all through Season 2, most of Season 1 as well. They are the LGBT uh, plus registered company here in Niagara, and this is June. This is Pride Month. In uh, is it all over Canada or just Ontario? I think it's uh, even bigger than that, isn't it? North America, global. I don't know. And I and I would mention that um, that Gales is committed to the LGBTQ plus community. We mentioned before that they are rainbow certified business. Yeah. And that image there that you see on the top of their Facebook page. Um, that has been there for for a few months. Now, what does that mean to you? Uh, you can sit there and say, so what? What it means to you is the fact that when a company is so certified, when a company is that visual about what what they support, it means that it is a safe haven for people in that community, for the LGBT community. Uh, Q plus community. It is a safe haven for workers as well as customers, supervisory staff and management, etc. It is a, an inclusively safe and welcoming environment for all people across that, across that spectrum. So uh, you, needn't, you needn't fear going into one of their businesses and being treated badly because you are who you are. Um, even though there are some customers that will, as we saw a couple weeks ago when, uh, when we ended up having their HR manager on here to talk about it, uh, there are some uh, boorish customers that will come in and treat your staff in, in bad ways because of what they perceive to be your orientation, right or wrong. And, and those are the kinds of things that being a rainbow certified company fight against. All right, so that's important. Performance Heating and Air, Carlo uh, and the gang, 
Uh, now, I guess we have uh, definitely been getting into the uh, air conditioning maintenance checks and balances and everything with regard to, to your industry. Carlo and, uh, and the group do think every day about being part of the local fabric of Niagara because they have families here too. They realize that costs are not going down. The cost of living is escalating, if anything else. Just look at your grocery stores and your, uh, your fuel prices and all of these other things. So they, they do their best to serve Niagara economically because their families are here as well. And uh, Verge Insurance Brokers Limited, and I have to apologize to, to Mark Shirk because um, for the love of me, I can't, I meant to remember the year, but it, it's, uh, maybe Kevin can find it searching around back there and in, uh, in what he does with the magic of his technology. In uh, Virgin Insurance Group has been around in Niagara for much longer than, than I realized, quite a long time. And, uh, and they born and bred and nurtured here in Niagara to serve all and any of your insurance needs. Darn it, because I had it locked in my head, or uh, well, it's obviously unlocked. I had it, I thought, locked in my head as to the year that uh, Verge was, uh, w w was uh, the inception of the company. So anyway, that's my bad because I thought, ah, boom should be there and they didn't even know I was going to do that they didn't ask me to do it it's just that I I heard it and I read it and I thought wow I didn't know Virgin Insurance Group had been around that long but they have been yeah and it's not coming up here you know the interweb sometimes it gives the you interweb you right away and, uh, and Kevin there's something going on in Niagara that's driving me a little bit bonkers and I don't agree with it and it's all of this extra tax that is happening now in so many of our communities um, for accommodation or restaurants, uh, meals, services, etc. And I realize that over the, definitely over the, the, the period of the COVID thing since early spring 2020, that these services, these companies, these businesses have had a tough time. I get it. But when it was announced, this happened while I was away and we didn't have a chance to talk about it, is there's now going to be a 4% tax for whatever the hell it is, I don't know, placed on overnight accommodation facilities in St. Catharines. Why? Now, what don't you like about that, Lee? Because I'll, I'll take the other side on this. No questions asked. Why? I don't, I don't, the, the, the rooms are already, just increase the rate of your rooms. Right, but the money increase goes. Increase the rate of your rooms. But the money goes somewhere else. Where? The 4% that they're going to add now comes to the city of St. Catharines to help with promotion of events oh, and yes, tourism. Oh, yes, and have we ever seen, let, let's rewind to Niagara Falls. Okay. When they put their marketing tax on. Have we ever seen an accounting of where that goes and what it does? We do. Now, with all, with all we do, actually with, do. With, with, how? We see them. You ask me if we ever see them, we do see them. Where? Where at, do we see them? At city council meetings. When they report back and you can look in and it's there. So, can for I example. Go, as much as I love Wayne Thompson, don't get me wrong. Wayne's a great friend of mine, but he's been ahead of the tourist, uh, the, the, the committee of tourism, et cetera, in Niagara Falls for a long, long time. Now, Wayne has often been asked, where does the 
what do you do with all the money? Where's the accounting? Where's the spreadsheet? Where's the, where, where's the breakdown of what happens to the, the, the hospitality tax? in uh, Niagara Falls. And that's not, not just on overnight accommodation, it's on uh, uh, hotels, motels, restaurants, the whole schlemiel, schlawazel. So like, oh, um, where does it, what do you do with it? I still don't know. They promote things in Niagara. They I mean, promote things. Yeah, I'll, I'll defend them. I mean, things? Lee, if, if you look at it, so for example, the, the city of St. Catharines, I think prior to this, had a budget in the neighborhood of $300,000 okay. for tourism, for them to actively promote coming to St. Catharines, doing things in St. Catharines, okay. hosting your conference in St. Catharines, having your sports tournament in St. Got Catharines, it. things that's normally, like that. That's, that is normally part of a city budget. Right. That comes out of the city's budget, around yes. 300000 Okay. This 4% tax, which of course is only going to be paid by people from outside Niagara, right? It's people that are Both. staying in Niagara. They want to charge everybody that comes here. Right, but the people that are staying in the hotels, that's not you and me. We live here. Right? So it's outside money that's coming in. They're now going to lop off 4%. That gets them about a million dollars a year. So they just tripled their budget by... They tripled their budget, and all they did was get 4% more from outside money. Okay, now... I think think that's a good way to go. let, let Let me do point to your counterpoint. We've got... Let's say we got the Marriott Hotel in Niagara Falls. Your argument is that the only people that are going to pay a hospitality tax at the Marriott in Niagara Falls are people that are from outside Niagara. I did not say that. I said the only people that are going to pay a 4% tax in the city of St. Catharines are from people that are outside of St. Catharines. Okay, Niagara, ta- Falls, Niagara Falls is a different story. Okay. I'll stay in a hotel. Well, okay. that's, that's Let's the example Let's go to the Days Inn in St. Catharines. All right, I'll agree with you. Let's nobody, talk to the Days Inn in St. Catharines. Nobody that lives in St. Catharines is staying at the Days Inn in St. Catharines. Right. So, instead of charging a tax, why don't you just raise your rates? Because you're telling me it goes to the marketing of the entire city. That's what you're telling me. Exactly. How have I seen the entire city marketed? You probably haven't too well because their budget's been around $300,000. Now that's going to jump to about a million and it's costing the taxpayers nothing. In fact, it's saving us $300,000. And I don't think that 4% is going to dissuade somebody from staying somewhere. If you've already committed to, I mean, you see the, you see the price of gas. If you're committed to driving here, staying in a hotel, which means you're eating out all weekend because... Little Jimmy's got a softball tournament. All right, now. You're not going to balk at the 4% and say, that's it, I'm not coming anymore. All right, well, let's not, let's, let's not put all the blame on little Jimmy. <laughs> uh, so, and Niagara-on-the-Lake just did something uh, similar, and that's a, that is definitely a boutique destination in, uh, in the region of Niagara. The other thing that they did as a cash grab was, and this so annoys me as a local in particular, when I go there, it's $5 an hour to park in Niagara on the lake, Kevin. $5 an hour. You can't do anything in Niagara on the lake in under an hour. You can't walk from your car to downtown and back 
in much less than an hour. This is, it, it, I'm sorry, it just doesn't, it's, I don't it's know, not right. I don't know what to say, Lee, because uh, small town me says you're absolutely right. Big picture me says, hey, supply and demand. Know what I pay when, when we stream goes down to Ashbridge's Bay in Toronto. I know what to you're going to say, but we're not Toronto. No, but Toronto's 30 bucks. Not an hour, but it costs me 30 bucks to park in a lot. But not an hour. No, but it costs me $30. But if I spend five hours in Niagara on the lake... It's going to cost you 25 Just save yourself five bucks. Instead of driving to Toronto. I'm just saying, Lee, that it's, it's supply and demand... And, again, is the $5 an hour going to keep people away from Niagara-on-the-Lake? I don't think so. What it might do is push them to the side streets. I'm not saying it's It's right. It's going to keep keep Niagarans away from Niagara-on-the-Lake. Yeah, I would agree with that. It'd be nice if they could figure out some sort of balance between locals don't have to pay. It's it's going to... the The same way as the damn beaches is what's happening here. And the plans for going to the beaches in Niagara. And all of that was fueled by COVID. None of it has to happen. None of these fees and everything that they're doing now with the beaches in, uh, in Niagara has to be happening now. None of, these, none of these problems existed prior to COVID. Well, COVID is done. Nobody's paying any attention to it anymore. And now we've got these fees and processes and regulations and you can't go to the effing beach? I've never heard of that beach. I, I go to Sunset Beach. Oh, the Evan Beach. It's a great beach. Okay, I should try that. Yeah. Uh, Lee, why don't you just kind of get off of this and, and remind okay, people. Okay, fine. Remind people they can join the show uh, whenever they want. The Zoom link is right there in the post. If you want to rant or rave or say whatever, you want to talk about parking, all you have to do is click that link and we'll get you on the show. Damn. Lee, a lot of interesting stuff, and we, we, we kind of touched on it earlier, but want to go back to the community page of 411 because there's lots of nuggets there and if yeah, people don't know do what we're that. talking about yeah. you click on the community tab right there on the top yeah see let's get to that and you scroll down and i mean we talked about this one briefly about the two trees that's that it, sad i mean i i get i get the funeral homes policies but what a beautiful place of rest for those two people and those trees have to be torn out because they're over three feet tall I mean, you get to uh, you get to hear somebody doesn't know what to contact. I mean, pretty simple issue, but it's a place where people bring it to their attention. Yeah. Yeah. Can you read that one, Lee? Oh, uh, did you want me to? Well, yeah. Just I was to- just reading it along with everybody else. Uh, shattered glass all over Glengarry Park. Who do we contact to get this cleaned up? Well, that would be a that would be a good question. One would assume. Oh, and that's a kids' park too. That's not good. Um, one, one would assume the public works department of whatever city hall you need to contact. Yeah, that'd be my guess. Um, here, did you see this on the weekend? Oh, yeah. The, um, there have been a lot of planes flying over uh, our lakes and uh, regions. Anyone know what these are for? They were so loud when they flew over. Some sort of training exercise or... Um, yeah, I mean, you can see one, two, three. Yeah. Four or five. Yeah. In Choppers. Some, in some sort of formation, right? Yeah, yeah, it looks like MASH. That was my favorite opening of a TV show was MASH, where the, where the helicopters came over, <laughs> over the hill. Um, and and they, use the, they use the Great Lakes often as training areas uh, in the skies because 
Be because it's got water, because it's got land, because it's got many different currents, it's got d two different countries, and like, there's there's so much to to learn for uh, both sea and air and land training for for safety and service uh, people and military. So, yeah. They could be training for anything at all or just learning the area, you know. And we got this here from a okay. Letta Lou. Does anyone recognize uh, this man? This is off uh, Ontario Avenue in Niagara Falls. Caught on camera stealing our new shrink hose. Who does that? Who sink, who, who steals somebody's... Look at that. He's literally got it over his shoulder. Who steals somebody's hose? I mean... You ever seen that before? Like No. No, and I don't want to see it again. What, what kind of a society is it? Oh, a hose. I could, I need a hose. I'll take this one. You dip. I thought, I thought he was, like, when I zoomed in, I thought I was going to see him with an Amazon box. And it just so <laughs> happened there was a, you know, he's playing the Amazon porch pirate lottery. Let's see what I get. But this is, I mean, he just unscrewed the hose from the side of the hose. And just took it away? Speaking of stealing, uh, and I know this isn't Niagara, but it's something that plagues us as well. Over the last number of months, there have been many, 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 many carjackings. It was a carjacking, uh, I guess, epidemic in Toronto. And, uh, well, various communities around Toronto. It was just yesterday that I heard that two young men, actually one not even a man, he's classified as a teen, a 17-year-old, and a 19-year-old, two males, they have been charged with over 100 offenses between them for all of the carjackings that they have been involved with in that in the community. A hundred charges or more. And, and these vehicles, most car thefts, uh, the, the OPP and RCMP will tell you that most car thefts um, in Canada are high-end vehicles that end up from your driveway to a boat overseas in the matter of hours. They're usually high-end vehicles, they're usually purchased on the black market, and they're usually shipped out of the country. This was not that case. The case here was these vehicles were very normal, everyday um, soccer mom type vehicles that, uh, sorry soccer moms, I, I know that's a, a phrase and I don't mean it to be offensive, just everyday sort of commuter hey, type vehicles. We're dads too, I'm bringing Alex to soccer today. So soccer dads, soccer dads vehicles, yeah. Um, that were supposed to be, they believe, used to commit other crimes. So they would carjack, uh, say a Dodge Caravan, um, park it somewhere, throw another set of plates on it or something, and then go rob a convenience store. Or whatever. Yeah, but, but carjacking is so much different than stealing a car well, in the middle of Well, you're the traumatizing night. people. Yeah, tra like carjacking is, I've got a gun or a weapon, I threaten you through the window. Yeah. Or wait for you to open the it's door a to a gas station. It's a violent crime. Or, absolutely. It's, hey, give me your car. Yeah. So, uh, so a cumulative number of charges of 100 for these two males, 117, 119. There's a couple of lives ruined right there. Poof. Um, we talked about Trina and we talked about Darren Werner. 
Um, and there is still the mystery here in Niagara, and it breaks our hearts, of uh, Nick Adamson, who went missing from that club in Thorold. What was the date, Kevin? It was uh, the morning of St. Paddy's Day. St. Paddy's Day. So the morning of March 17th. March. So he wasn't out celebrating St. Paddy's Day. It was the day before. So it's now almost three months um, since, uh, since Nick went missing. He was inebriated. He was outside on the phone. He was not allowed to come back into the club because it was uh, closing time. It was last call. Uh, his friends did not see where he went or if he went or what happened. And it's, again, one of those situations where someone seems to have virtually vanished from the face of the earth. And we don't want to forget about Nick. And at some point, uh, perhaps by next week, we'll, uh, we'll bring his brother. We've had his uh, brother and his family on chatting about this. And here, I remember seeing this search uh, from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, I mean, they were down in, I think this is one of the old canals. This might be one of the old locks. And, and people were standing in waist-deep water searching that's that's scary right there that is that is an old lock in the welling canal and the water is just pouring through there like multiple waterfalls and that's powerful stuff man we have often no appreciation or at least we take for granted the power of nature that we live in and around here in niagara it's absolutely a, a phenomenal place, uh, a beautiful place, but also sometimes terrifying and treacherous, depending on how you approach it. But, um, so Nicholas Adamson, uh, where are you? Um, yeah. To his family, I, I, can't, I can't send enough um, condolence to you for, the, for, again, that not knowing. Katrina Blagden's family, and now you know. I, I don't know how much you know, and there may be things you know that we don't, and that might be probably the case. Again, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it still bothers me that the constabulary has not uh, made public some things that I believe they should make public in the fact that uh, no foul play, and that's, that's it, it's all over. Well, wait a minute. It's not all over. Thousands of people were engaged in this story, care about this young woman and her family and her story. And we don't know the story. Is it our right to know? I guess not. But gee, I, I don't know. It just, I don't think we're doing her honor by not telling her complete story, or at least as complete a story as we know it to be. We may never know the complete story. But there's more to know than we currently know, if that makes any kind of sense. No, it does. You're spot on. And again, people are invested. People are emotionally we have, invested. Yeah, that's we've, it. Like we've, got, we've invested our own emotions into this. And nobody bought that story from the NRP. So that's where we feel as a public, maybe we deserve a yeah, little we more. Got, we, there's, there's something more here, guys. I mean, uh, as, there's an old expression 
Uh, I didn't make it up, but it's one of my favorites. Don't piss in my boot and tell me it's raining. We're not that stupid. No. In fact, Lee, uh, we're pretty wise on this program, and I'm trying to scroll back because earlier this week, we talked about a story two weeks ago about that, um, that GMC Yukon. Yeah. That smashed, <laughs> smashed into a house, the front of the house. In I'm sorry Port to Colburn. laugh. This is a great story. And I, I'm just scrolling down 411 to see the NRP update where, um, where charges were finally laid. And at the time, Lee, and we were talking about it on the show, we're like, hey, kidding me? This is the story they fed you and you bought it? And you bought it. There's, there's no way that's actually how things... Well, I guess until you disprove it, you got to kind of think it might be. No, but that's exactly. Don't uh, you know? Don't piss in my boot and tell me it's raining. Yeah. So, so a great big honking SUV, and they don't come much bigger than a Yukon, bashes into a house. All right, and the guy that's apparently the person that was driving the truck runs away. Okay. So, apparently, as the story goes, the people, the people in the house, and the guy were having a few pops at a bar down the street okay so the folks are now in their house and the truck comes plowing into their house okay and apparently the driver of the vehicle bolts when law enforcement arrives the owner of the stolen vehicle is now on site. So he just happened to be there. As if by magic. And the man, uh, the male that was in the house was injured. The female, as I understand it, Kevin, was not injured. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and, but the owner was on site saying, hey, my truck was stolen from, from down there, and this dude in a hoodie uh, ran away. Okay, then. Now, I that's mean, the scene. Now that, There that, it is right there. This, that, uh, the guy that was in the house, Clark, <laughs> sent this to me. He says, it's still there. The Yukon is still there today. Today? Well, I don't know. This is, he sent it me this a couple be. days ago. So, But as you can see, he's cleared out his apartment, and the truck is still there. Okay, but there's more. The, the 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 addendum to this is, as a result of the investigation, officers were able to identify a male suspect driver. Further information was also obtained that the involved SUV was driving in a dangerous manner in the moments leading up to the collision. Duh. Okay, so uh, May 27th, officers attended to St. Catherine's home and arrested. Oh, look, the registered owner of the SUV. Chaz McLean Hill, 32 years old, of St. Catharines, has been arrested and charged with the criminal offense of dangerous operation of a motor vehicle, impaired operation of a motor vehicle. McLean Hill was released from custody with a future court date. And it's the usual anyone with information, blah, blah. So... The fellow driving the car in a hoodie that escaped is a fabrication. Allegedly. Life is really stranger than fiction, isn't it? <laughs> so that, but why is the damn truck still there? 
I have no idea, Lee. What, the fellow that called you, did he own this place or was he renting this place? Uh, he was renting. Okay, so he's moved out then. Well, barely. He's in a tough spot. I think he's found accommodations now, but if you think of it, I mean, you're renting. I don't know what his renter's insurance situation was like, but the fire marshals or whatever on the scene deemed the house inhabitable. Mm. So he had to leave. And yeah, I think he, he was I think he was living in a U-Haul truck for a few days. And, and this guy is just a victim of circumstance. He was he was sleeping. I mean, here I can show you. Okay, a, but did did he know the owner? Was he were they also down? They weren't. No, 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 in, no, no. Uh, visiting at the bar. No, the guy was just sleeping. I mean, here he was, right uh, here. I'll show you. And this you. dude just drove into his house. Yeah, this. So the red line that he wrote there, that was his bed. So his bed was right there. That is one hell of a wake up call, isn't and it? And that's that's the truck coming in. He said he was so close that the fluid, the engine fluid, was leaking onto him, was spraying onto him. Wow. And he was that far away from basically being really seriously injured. And, um, and he got a girl in the bed. I want to say his girlfriend or wife or what have you. Um, she was there. And, of course, yeah, outside. I mean, the story right from the onset was like, my car got stolen, but you happen to be on scene. That's well, weird. yeah, because I ran all the way from the bar. I ran all the way from the bar. <laughs> and the guy that was driving the car, not sure, uh, wearing a dark hooded sweatshirt, and he ran that away. And that person was never found. I mean, I'm, gl- I'm glad he didn't go, you know, so full as to go full racial profiling it. and accuse them of accusing them of being an African-American or something like that. Right? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to accuse, why not just go, why not, why not up your lie? Like, where you does know, the lie stop? You got to give them points for creativity, though. How can I talk my way out of this from impaired and reckless and all those other charges that he has since been charged with? But then again... Uh, as far as the cops are concerned, concerned it's, it's don't piss in my boot and tell me it's raining. Like, uh, you No, know, this did not happen that way. Yeah, now, um, on a lighter side, uh, Niagara 411 in I our community. I that was pretty light side, frankly. Well, uh, this is a little lighter <laughs> than that because uh, we were searching for a guy, but we were searching for this guy yesterday. All right, yeah. So speaking of our beaches, looking to find the uh, Nick Patrick put this up, of course, our boy Nick. Looking to find the gentleman in this photo so we can pass along the photos to him taken at 8 30 last night at sunset beach in saint catharines so there's a dude is he walking a dog oh yeah yeah I mean, he's walking a, dog that's a nice picture walking a couple of dogs it is a nice picture so somebody took it and they talked to the guy did they not yeah they said they talked to him but they forgot to get his info all right they figured they'd remember his name, but then they ended up probably forgetting it. And uh, they want him to—they they want to send him the pictures because they're nice pictures. Now, somebody on the somebody in the comments enhanced that photo, did they not? Yeah, and I had a hard time finding it. I'm not sure if they deleted it, but they did something on their computer where all of a sudden, you know, they changed the light balance, oh. and you could see everything. You could see the T-shirt he's wearing, exactly who the guy is. But the here, f- people seem to know him just from the just photographer from, uh, spoke with the man, but forgot to get his information. Uh, Carolyn says, this is my neighbor. I'll tell him to visit this page and connect. So they'll track him down. They know him. He pre- if he walks his dog along there, he probably does it every day. And then this year, you know, is it really necessary for negative comments? Don't understand what, what negative comments? What does from. that mean? I don't know. These pics are beautiful. Somebody says, so, I think it's Dustin from Stranger Things. Okay, ha, ha, ha. 
Also, people think they're cute. What is, what is that one? What is wrong with people? A nice gesture, but this person and all these stupid comments. I, I, I didn't see the stupid comments, but no, I, 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 don't, I don't get what's wrong with it. By them, but, uh, people with, yeah. That's people a with. Spot on picture right there. Yeah. People with too much time in their hands will find, uh, always find something to criticize. But uh, there's just a guy walking his dog in a beautiful, beautiful sunset evening at Sunset Beach. Everybody knows somebody, this comment here, that's so nice that you want to give these to him. I see him on walks often. He's a nice man and his dog is adorable. Next time I see him, I'll let him know. There you go. <laughs> Great lettuce. Are you familiar with that, Lee? Great lettuce. You know no, I, I have to. I have to admit, here I, I here I stand ignorant. So lettuce, ignorant. lettuce is more like a sports slash hockey term for uh, for long hair. Thank you for doing that, Jeremy. Really? Yep. So oh. as you see there, I mean, he's definitely hanging out below the hat. Yeah. Well, I had some lettuce in my time. Yeah, we all did. So there you go. That guy's got the great lettuce going. <laughs> I have never heard that term in my life. Coming up, by the way, at the bottom of the hour, we always have a, uh, a local uh, link to the entertainment that we end the program with to, as I say, play us off the stage. Laurel and Holly. I have to, cop I, I have to make sure I, I do not uh, call them Laurel and Hardy like the, the comedy do. Laurel and Holly are going to be doing, a, a, they're a Niagara duo, and they're going to be doing a, a song called Own Way that they filmed live on Merritt Island in, uh, in Welland. So uh, hang around till the end of the show and you'll have a chance to see uh, the video and hear the song Own Way by Laurel and Holly. Kevin, what's uh, WeStream got going on? You guys have uh, been getting busier and busier. You've been preempting me from time to time. Yeah, we, we have been uh, fairly busy. On Saturday, again, we're, we're so happy when we can give back to the community and we're volunteering our time and our services to uh, Katrina Blagden's family, and uh, we will be there at George Dart Funeral Home making sure that uh, friends, family, and of course military colleagues across Canada and even, you know, around the world are able to tune in live, and that's 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Saturday. If anybody is, uh, is moved and feels like watching the service, uh, the link is available on the George Dart Funeral Home webpage. And you, you will be, I'm assuming, you, along with Nick, will be updating details on that on Niagara 411 uh, if and when it becomes, like, if the, yeah. family, if the family wishes. Exactly. And that's all we're doing. We're just going yeah. with, with family wishes. And, you know, I, I don't really want to reach out to, uh, to Kelly or Mother Bonnie with, uh, with each and every little detail. No, 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 no. So no. I, I, I did talk to Kelly uh, in great length this week, earlier this week. Uh, we had a great conversation um, and, and we just talked about the ins and outs, and, and again, the family was super happy that uh, that How WeStream are, was, was um, stepping up. And I don't, I don't want you to give up any confidential information or, or anything to out the chat. But how are they doing, Kevin? From your conversation behind the scenes, how are they? I don't know that I'm the one that can really comment on that, Lee. I mean, you have a conversation, and it seems fine, but I imagine that's on the surface. Yeah. Um, I, I do know, though, that the uh, the family is not resting, and like a lot of people, I don't know that they're accepting the current state of the investigation. Well, I would go that far. Um, hopefully, once we get past the the emotional day, which will be Saturday, and um, the family can settle a bit, we can uh, 
we can have some semblance of that conversation here on the show. Yeah. Lee, uh, we are going to get to Laurel and Hully coming up in just a minute as we wrap up the program. Uh, but I leave, I, I just know this guy through social media, but Stephen Sues from Welland has joined the program, and Steven. we invite anyone onto the show. Stephen Sues, how are you doing today? Welcome to the program. Good morning. Hey. How, are, how is everyone this morning? I'm having a hard time. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're good, Stephen. Good, good. I only have a few moments. Uh, I chose to dial in, but uh, I wanted to update uh, the residents of Niagara and my hometown of Welland, of course, that we successfully got the state of emergency for mental health, homelessness, and addiction declared in the city of Thorold. Thorold Council directed Mayor Terry Ugolini to declare an emergency on mental health, homelessness, and addiction in the city of Thorold. He did what the region refused to do. They used procedural tricks to kibosh our motion, and the city of Thorold didn't stand for it, and it was a unanimous decision, and now people are going to get the help that they need now, not 10 years from now. Well, that's, um, kudos, I guess, then to uh, to the city of Thorold. And I I um, encourage all municipalities to do the same. And the correspondence from Thorold will be uh, circulated to all Niagara area municipalities. Okay. So they have they have two options: their mayors can declare exclusively, or they can pull the correspondence and endorse the resolution from Thorold. All right. All right. Thank you All for right. the information. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Stephen. Great. I'll, uh, I'll come on some other time to uh, continue to update the public on such an important issue. And uh, next stop is Doug Ford, everyone. All right. I think Kevin has a question for you. Yeah, just before, we, uh, just before we let you go, Stephen, uh, what, is that, what exactly does, does that mean, declaring a state of emergency in the city of Thorold? You said it's going to help people, um, you know, dealing with mental health issues, get, get the... Uh, get the treatment that they need so so what does this declaration do and how does it change things so the difference between the acknowledged crisis motion that the region passed and since that motion it did it, it was a watered down motion that did nothing because opiate overdoses almost doubled in this region since the time that motion was passed what the state of emergency does is within the 2008 ontario response plan and reflected in emergency management legislation it says that the province legally has to respond to the emergency so they legally have to provide a response whereas other motions they can simply um put them in the uh file them for g for garbage or ignore them gotcha. um so this this one legally mandates them and we were able to implement the state of emergency even though uh even though regional council said no it is a head of council um that can declare emergencies so mayors count as a head of council therefore qualifies them to declare emergencies they can do it unilaterally but i wanted to involve council through a directive because i want i want everyone vested and involved in this issue yeah, it I, was it was pretty sad that 96 politicians support it supported the state of mercy and it only took 20 politicians to kill it but um we righted the wrong and uh we got people the help they need Looks like there were a lot of happy, unhappy customers at the local level yeah. in terms of counselors. And, uh, Stephen, let me just a ask you. I mean, I know that uh, you're working hand in hand with Councillor uh, Wayne Campbell from the City of Niagara Falls, who he and his family 
um, have dealt with some, some tragedy due to mental health. And you've been pretty open yourself about some of your struggles. Um, how, are, how are you doing now, and how has your journey been? Have you received treatment when you've needed it? You know what? It's, it's very hard, right, because the wait lists are incredibly long. You know, it takes, it takes a lot of time. And, um, you know, when, when you're going through these issues, it makes it difficult to get help, right? It's self-sabotage. You know, you, you want to get the help, but uh, you also don't, right? Because you sabotage yourself through underlying mental health and addiction issues. So it's, it's extremely hard. But I had some beautiful people assist me in safe beds. What a great program. You only get about three to five days there. I wish I wish through the state of emergency, you know, that'll be one of our requests to extend those kind of programs because people make a lot of progress in there. Right. Um, so, yes, it's very difficult. But um, I'm currently going through what's called the stages of change where, you know, somebody comes into their sober self and everything changes around them. And, uh you know, it's a it's a very challenging time, but uh, you well, know, my um, my medicine is fighting for the people of Niagara and people who have people who have been affected uh, by the same issues as I have. It sounds it sounds like you are fighting an eloquent fight. You're spoken very well. Your support for the cause, and I'm really glad that you came in on the program today. And it's obviously something that's really important uh, across all our municipalities. Again. Thumbs up to Thorold for doing something to support your movement, uh, or the movement, if you will. And uh, Steve, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you more going forward. Okay. Uh, I appreciate your eloquent presentation. You uh, stated your case really well. Thanks for being here. Thank you, as always, Niagara 411. Okay, pal. See ya. What a what a passionate, well-spoken young man, Kevin. For all the challenges that he has, uh, he knows where he's going. Yeah, and I mean, Stephen has run for office in various capacities yeah. over the years, uh, and I hope uh, I hope one day he is able to garner the support to put him in office. He seems like he's, if nothing else, dedicated and, and uh, passionate about the and, and and this is what we need. When it, sorry to cut you off. No, it's, that's but, exactly but, what I was going to say. But this is what we need when it comes to political representation. We need people with even if even if it's a one issue campaign. And a lot of times politicians run on a one-issue campaign anyway. But even if it is a one-issue campaign, if that person is passionate and knowledgeable and has the drive and energy to continue to push that one agenda item forward, what's wrong with that in our world of politics? I think, it's, I think we need more of that. We need more passion. You know what? Um, I, I would say, Lee, and I, I, I live and work in a lot of these council chambers, and I know there's a big push in Niagara to get better representation by yeah. women. I think we need a much broader representation en masse, and that is uh, people agree. from different backgrounds, people who have um, struggled with different things in their lives. Yes. Um, right now, the... Perspective. You, exactly. You're Perspective exactly right. is everything. So it's, uh, it's not just women, it's, it's BIPOC, it's, it's people with histories of, of mental illness, people again, have gone through different journeys than you and I have. I mean, two parents, white picket fence does not make a balanced council. But it's not, it's, it, it's not cost-free to run for politics. You can't, you can't just sign, I want to run for such and such. You got to pay up. You got to do the thing. You got to pay the paper. You got to do, it costs, it costs a lot of money to just put yourself forward as a candidate. 
this inhibits an awful lot of good people from saying, hey, I can't. You know, I got some ideas, but I can't. I can't afford that. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else, Leah. Somebody on the inside is that at a municipal level, our counselors are greatly undercompensated. They're underpaid. Like, I- I'm sorry. I see. I see the work that they do, and I know on the outside, people might say, "Oh, come on, the politicians. They are so busy at a municipal level. They have to deal with so much. They have to deal with you and I." on a daily basis and know and understand so many different how much, issues. How much reading do they have to do? If they actually it's read immense. it, if they actually read everything, like if a, if a municipal councillor actually, or a regional councillor, whatever, actually read every line of every document, of every piece that crossed their desk, they'd be doing nothing but reading. And their compensation would work out to about a buck an hour. Yeah. Like that's what it boils down to. Yeah. And, and if you think of it, I mean, with most councils in the region bubbling at around $20,000 a year, it really prohibits anybody that's pre-retirement, like anybody that's below 60 years old from yep. getting into it because you simply can't afford to do it. You have to go to work. You have to bring the kids. Oh, we, got younger people for, we got younger people, for heaven's sake, 30s, 40s, and I call people in their 30s and 40s young, and they are to me, uh, that can't buy a house. They're trying to, they're trying to work to buy a house. Uh, put a roof over the head for their families, and you're going to say run for politics and represent your demographic? What are you nuts? Right. And how is the how, how am I supposed to do that? And how's the 70 year old guy really empathetic? What are, what are you talking about? You can't get a house. All my friends have houses. Yeah. Right. They just you know. Well, they don't care about. It's not that they don't care. You'll get my they, house when I die. They don't walk in those circles, right? They I just, know. I know. So the, this this low voter, low voter turnout, uh, qualified and and experienced and capable people for for political candidacy. All of these things uh, uh, is an enigma wrapped up in a conundrum. It's not easy. It's not it's not a simple solution by any stretch of the imagination. And it's getting as our economy tightens. Uh, and, and inflation expands and, and the world global economy changes, it's not getting easier to be well represented. And I appreciate the people that step up and, uh, and take a stand and say, hey, okay, I'll throw my proverbial hat in the ring, but uh, I don't know what good I can do, but I'll give it a shot. Lee, it's, uh, it's it getting that past lunchtime. I invite anybody to come down to Fiddler's Poorhouse, say hi to Mel, who we always love working the day shift down here, and, uh, and, and join us as well, because I'm getting hungry, I'm getting thirsty, <laughs> and I think it's time. <laughs> Thank you to Gail's Gas Bars for fueling this program. We stream, of course, Kevin, for, um, for powering this show. To Performance Heating and Air, Verge Insurance Group, Nick at Niagara 411, Nick's mom, and uh, all of you contributors, and, uh, and all of you who support us, thank you so much. And um, always feel free to comment. You'll see snippets of this uh, show on In Case You Missed It posts over the course of the week. Always feel free to contact us through comments, and uh, we would love to uh, hear or see anything that you have to say. My name is Lee Sterry. This has been episode 23 of season 3. Uh, thanks for being here. Laurel and Holly and Own Way filmed live at uh, Merritt Island here in uh, Niagara. Enjoy the music and uh, enjoy the week and we'll see you actually next Wednesday instead of Thursday. Wednesday next week, okay? Cheers. Well, I can't take
credit the way things are today Get the weight of the world in the back of your pocket There's things that you could bring now You could dance, you could sing You could let your body go And you could fall into the flow And let it be in my mind, I could let my freedom ring, I could dance, I could sing, I could let myself unwind, and I could try to find some time to just believe, Dance to the heat and the man If you wanna dance Gotta do it your own 